Hello and welcome to The Planet Today. It is Monday, May 1st, 2023. Here on TPT, we cover the latest in climate change, wildlife conservation, renewable energy, and environmental policy. I'm your host, Matt Norton, here with producer and co-host Nick Chinusa. Nick, how's it going today? Maddie, not too bad. Not too bad, my man. Uh, happy May Day, everyone. Just yeah. want to get that out of the way. And then I also want to wish everyone a happy early Mother's Day. Oh, my goodness, this guy. <laughs> we have like two more episodes before Mother's Day, but here you are. You know what? That's no. fine. That's fine. You are once again the first. This is no, this is this is me kind of just like warming you up to the fact that you need to get your mom a gift for Mother's Day. And it's May 1st. So you're welcome. I just helped you out. Don't say we don't do anything for you on uh, on the planet today. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's give the people what they came here for. Before we get started, we have a quick word from one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by KitCaster. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? Podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation. All right, we have two stories for you today. The first one is a press release from the Associations of Zoos and Aquariums, and it's titled Big Cat Public Safety Act, Public Law Number 117-243. So we try to discuss current events on this show for anyone who is new here. Um, I realized we never talked about this one and it happened in December. So we are a cool six months behind, but the Monday shows are supposed to be more fun, more engaging, um, a little more of the the good news to butter people up for a long month. Yes. <laughs> so December 20th, 2022, a bill protecting big cats in the U.S. was signed into law. It strengthens an existing law to prohibit the possession of tigers, lions, and other big cats in the U.S., except by qualified entities such as facilities that are accredited by the AZA, which is the Association of Zoos and Aquariums. Private owners are allowed to keep the big cats they already have, but they're required to register them with the government. This is so first responders and animal control officers are aware of what's in their community. This also places restrictions on who can take pictures with these animals, pet them, or other activities that are dangerous to people or the animal. It's important to note that this will essentially phase out the legal ownership of big cats to those that are already owned by private individuals without being able to get more. Zoos and wildlife reserves will not be impacted if they're AZA accredited because the AZA has strict guidelines on care for the animals and conservation of their species in the wild. Between 2020 to 2021 alone, AZA-accredited facilities contributed over $3.8 million to big cat field conservation projects. So it's not the same sort of situation as like 
your Tiger King setup, your roadside zoos, where it's just, hey, come pet this tiger that's heavily drugged and very under tree. Like, yeah. they're, they're not taking care of their animals, but you can pet the tiger, you can take pictures. Those are the things that are going to get phased out and, and, you know, eventually won't exist anymore. Yeah. Your San Diego Zoo, your Bronx Zoo, those are going to be fine because what they do is a ton of great work to not only conserve that species in the wild, but also make sure that the habitats, the enclosures that the tigers, the lions are living in mimic their natural environment. And they have zookeepers doing programs called enrichment that make sure that they're mimicking natural behaviors as well. Yeah. And those parties that you were talking about before should be phased out. Like this is something that should have been happening a while ago. Mm -hmm. It was never a good idea to take an animal that is notoriously like vicious and try and domesticate it and put it in, you know, a whatever roadside zoo or whatever you wanted to put it in yeah. and then make other people come in, take pictures with them. You have no idea what this animal is going to do. You have no clue. And you can act like you've been, you know, Oh, I've had it since, you know, it was one years old or six months old. It doesn't matter. You know, it's, it's ingrained in who they are and, and what they do. And it's just not fair to the animal, to be honest. Like, you're 100% right, and that's the, the human side of it, but also from the animal perspective, like lions should not be just cooped up in a small cage for someone to stop by on their way through a state yeah. and take a picture. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, and, and again, I really, really just want to get this point across. Zoos do great work. We are not talking about those larger zoos that I mentioned because they're all accredited by the AZA. We are specifically talking about smaller unaccredited facilities or just people that own tigers and keep them in their backyards. Like there are people in the U S that have private ownership of a big cat. Like that's the sort of stuff that won't be able to fly anymore. Yeah. It's a good thing it is. And I hope that if my cats are listening right now, they are not confused because (laughs) as they're starting to grow up, we call them our big girls. They are not big (laughs) cats. They are little, little girls, nine pound girls. Not even. Not even. <laughs> they're like, oh my they're goodness. like five pounds. Holy heck, dude. We get, we still got to set up a date for Botch and, and Nora and uh, Penelope. They are terrified of dogs. So <laughs> so maybe not. <laughs> oh God, that'd be hysterical. All right, let's move into our next story. Uh, and it's from Emily Anthes of the New York Times who writes, Polly wants a video chat. This is such an interesting story in my opinion. And before we get into it, this article is made in slideshow format with a ton of pictures, a ton of videos, definitely, definitely check it out. The link is in your show notes as always. Parrots are really intelligent and it's been said that you shouldn't have a pet parrot if you can't mentally stimulate it. So a group of scientists decided to test whether technology could help with that stimulation. So they enrolled 18 parrots into an experiment where they would connect with each other over video chat. The scientists taught the parrots how to request a video call by ringing a bell and then their owner would bring over a tablet or a phone with pictures of other parrots in the study. They would ask the parrot who they want to talk to, confirm it with the parrot, and then the owner would connect them to the call. Rebecca Kleinberger of Northeastern University is one of the researchers for this study and said that giving the parrots a choice of who to talk to was very important. The birds began to request to call their friends a lot by ringing the bell and having a tablet brought over to them. And they also appear to really enjoy these conversations with other parrots. Something interesting in the article is that parrots would often mimic 
the other parrot's behavior on the call. So if one began like grooming itself or singing, the other would follow suit. The researchers found that parrots began to develop a best friend or some favorite friends that they'd like to call more than the others, which makes sense for such social birds. Some birds would leave the focus of the call and then bring back an item to show off to their bird friend. Like they would leave the screen and then come back with a toy. Some (laughs) appeared to be more confident and calmer as a result of having more bird friends. And some would even sleep next to the tablet while their friends slept across that video call. It's so incredible. The researchers also bring up the idea that this is promising, but does cause some concerns. If there were signs of being uncomfortable, owners were told to keep the calls short and to end them. While cute, fun, and interesting to study, animal welfare still needs to come first. In other words, the calls between parrots are not the primary focus. The parrots are the primary focus. Yeah, and it's such a simple semantics thing, but it really frames the entire issue very well. Like This isn't a story about video chats between parrots. It's a story about parrots video chatting. So to me, the thing that this reminds me of is I was talking with someone about only children and how only children today, like they have so much easier access to talking with their friends than, you know, only children 50 years ago. So I'm curious about like social development for only children now compared to then. Or another more recent example for us is like when we would go home from high school We'd play Xbox all the time at night and being able to connect over Xbox Live and just like chat with your friends. Yeah. It made you feel like you were all hanging out together, even though we weren't in the same room. Exactly. Even when, you know, we, we for the for whatever reason, couldn't be together or it was a school night or whatever it was. Yeah. We, we built some like incredible memories just like over straight up like Xbox, which is like funny to say, but it's just true. Like some of... Some of the funniest things that ever happened were like on Xbox. Yeah. Um, But yeah, these parrots, it's unbelievable. Like the fact that they are like sleeping next to like the tablet and watching like their friend uh, sleep is like extremely cute, but also extremely funny. Yeah. Um, And it's just like unbelievable the capacity that they have, like the mental capacity. It's unreal. Yeah, they're just, they're really intelligent animals. And I think like this is, look, there was only 18 parrots in the study. This is not going to be conclusive evidence that like video chatting is 100% good for parrots all the time. Yeah, but I think yeah, what yeah. this does is it opens up the window for more larger studies with more parrots enrolled. And honestly, I think this is really cool because you look at a parrot that, let's face it, like if they're in your living room, they're probably not flying as often as they'd like to. They're probably mm-hmm. not socializing with other parrots as often as they would like to, this gives them the answer to one of those. So honestly, I just, I think that the intersection between technology and wildlife conservation, it usually comes up in a negative light because we talk about like, oh, we need more renewable energy. So we're worried about how it's going to impact whales with offshore wind or migratory birds with solar out in the, out in the fields. Like this is the sort of thing where like I, there's no caveat. This is just really cool. Yeah, exactly. It's so new, but it's so cool at the same time. Yeah, just a just a heartwarming story to end <laughs> today's episode. Speaking of, that'll do it for today's show. We'll be back on Friday for our regularly scheduled programming. Yeah, and be sure to share this show with at least one, count them, one friend or colleague or whoever it is. 
The shorter episode, it's going to be like less than 15 minutes probably, is a fantastic way to introduce someone new to TPT. Absolutely. And it really does help us out a ton, like more than you know. If everybody shares a show with one friend, we double our listenership. So please go give us give us a hand, share it with one person. You can also go catch us on social media at Planet Today Pod for more TPT in the meantime. For the Planet Today, I am Matt Norton. See you on Friday. Peace. Peace.